Hey, everybody, we are very excited uh, to be joined by a guest today that has his hand in many things, uh, has produced over a 1,000 projects at his company, RSM. He's, he's a producer and a director uh, known for a cinematic style that he's brought to the music video genre. I can read you a list of these stars that he's directed and worked with. I mean, Jamie Foxx, Megan Foxx. Apparently, if your last name is Fox and you're famous, he's worked with you. Gina Rodriguez, Natalie Portman, uh, all type of great projects. Robbie Starbuck, he's been in the political realm as well. Robbie, I know you're really busy. We appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here, guys. Definitely. Well, I want to start off. There's a couple things we want to hit, but I want to start off with this Major League Baseball situation that we've seen with the Los Angeles Dodgers and the you know, sisterhoods of perpetual indulgence or the traveling pants or whatever it is. But really the, the crux of it to me, and, and I know that you agree, is that it, it seems that sports, which is a haven that, that one of the few places we have left where the vitriol from a political arena and other places shouldn't be there, it's found its way in. And we all know about Pride Night and there hadn't been any pushback against that. But add in the sisters of the perpetual indulgence, and you've now had some players, prominent players like Clayton Kershaw speak up, and you reported on Twitter that the, some players have reached out to the MLB Players Association about how these narratives are getting pushed and they're just supposed to go along with it. Do you mind kind of letting our audience know exactly kind of what's going on in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm sort of an anomaly from the Hollywood world where I'm outwardly conservative and not ashamed of it. And so, you know, uh, my family being from Cuba, when you're Cuban, baseball's in your blood, okay? So mm -hmm. I've made friends with a lot of Major League Baseball players who follow me on social media and stuff. And we've got a good little group of guys that, that talk. And this really didn't start with just this, okay? This started back when Major League Baseball started pushing the BLM stuff. And a big group of Latino players specifically were very opposed to the messaging, not because they didn't think that Black Lives Mattered, but because they opposed the organization Black Lives Matter, which it, it seemed like players were endorsing by proxy if they were okay with this. So there was already a lot of uncomfortability, and that was sort of the beginning of this problem. And some of them had expressed you know, their uneasiness with the union. And I think with um, the union, then with major league baseball, and as we continued into this season, you know, all of that stuff is gone now, you know, you don't see it anymore. And I think that that's, you know, a big reason for that is a lot of the pushback was that, Hey, this needs to be a temporary deal because we don't want to look like we're endorsing the message of an organization that opposes the nuclear family that has all these Marxist ideas. We don't support it. Um, but then this happens with the Dodgers and this brought to life. And I think, you know, really to the surface, a lot of cultural issues that are going on right now with drag queens performing in front of children and the gender mutilation surgeries. And so this brings that all up because this group is one of the most grotesque groups you could possibly find. OK, mm -hmm. and it's not like the Dodgers are just letting them come to a baseball game. They are honoring them. They are celebrating them. So when I yeah. saw this as somebody who's Latino, was raised Catholic, you know, non-denominational Christian now, but my family's all Catholic. I said, this is a hate group. This is an anti-Catholic hate group who is literally dressing in drag as nuns in front of all age audiences and desecrating a guy who is dressed up purporting to be, you know, a sort of Jesus character and performing simulated sex acts on him. So this is not, not a group you should be honoring, okay? And so I said, you know what? This is going to be my pet project now. And I reached out to every single every single major league baseball player that I know. And I challenged them individually as men and said, Hey, you've got to make the decision. Do you serve major league baseball and your paycheck 
first or do you serve God first in your family? Because you need to speak up and do something about this. It doesn't have to be public per se, but you have to do something. Mm -hmm. And everybody agreed they were going to reach out to their agents. You know, so uh, a big number of them have reached out to their agents and then to the players union. And the players union in turn had to reach out to Major League Baseball. So all of these issues have been expressed that essentially when you boil it down, players don't want to be used as political pawns. They don't want it in any direction. So they don't want to be forced to wear a cross because guess what? Some baseball players aren't Christian. They also Mm -hmm. don't want to be forced to wear a pride flag because some of them are deeply opposed to the trans agenda and to these drag queens performing for children and things along those lines. So we're seeing a moment here where baseball is realizing, okay, these players have had enough and we've got to tread very carefully. And Robbie, I think the main point, and you hit it right there, is that I don't think there should be any sexual orientation night at the ballpark. I don't care if you're heterosexual, homosexual, whatever, you should be able to go to the park without having to find out who somebody sleeps with or celebrate it. Same thing with religion, and I think that's something that, that's kind of polluted sports lately. You brought up the BLM situation. We saw the NBA take it off the court because it caused so much backlash because people go to sports to get away from this. You know, And that's one of the reasons on this show that we don't really touch the political angle unless we have to, the men and women's sports situation, and this one as well. But can you talk about the difference You know, it has on the league? It seems they don't care about fans. Seems leagues don't care about fans anymore, but once the players, once the employees, once that 0.1% of human beings on the earth that can actually hit uh, three out of 10 times and get on base start pushing back, do you think we may actually see some action taken by the league like we've seen some in the NHL? Well, you know, I, I would argue we're already seeing some right now. I mean, Major League Baseball put up their Pride logo for less than 24 hours, and it was taken down in favor of the regular Major League Baseball logo. And I know for a fact that at least one player, if not more, uh, made waves about that, that they they didn't want to be associated with that flag. And they felt that it was by proxy making it look like the players endorsed the position of Major League Baseball. And they wanted either the players union to make a clear statement that that was not the case or for Major League Baseball to put a stop to this. And lo and behold, 24 hours later, the logo was gone. So, you know, you can't say for sure that that's the reason why. But I do think that this is having some effect within league offices, but not 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 just there. Also, on the team level, you know, I haven't heard of any teams yet, and I'm interested to see how they approach this, the pride uniforms. You know, this was a point of contention we saw in hockey earlier this year, and I think teams have already been informed by players. I know for a fact they have been that on a very large number of teams, a large number of baseball players are going to refuse to wear them if the team asks them to wear them. Mm-hmm. And I think some teams are maybe going to try to not have that happen at all. They, they're just not going to have the uniforms because they don't want the embarrassment because at the end of the day, they care about what those players think about them, how much money's coming in and embarrassment. They don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. And so if they feel like, Hey, half our guys are going to not wear this and stand together on it. This could be dividing the team. Let's just stay away from it. You know, because at the end of the day, the job is to win. And if we have GMs who really care about winning, They should care about keeping the team together. And the reality is, is baseball locker rooms are not all 100% conservative. Yes, I would say they're majority conservative. However, they're not 100%. And if you're a GM or a manager, you should want to have a clubhouse that is united on the cause of winning baseball games. And that's it. And when you introduce political topics, you're introducing a bunch of different areas where you could create friction within the team. And I just think that's a dumb thing to do. I mean, just from a baseball perspective, yeah. you shouldn't be doing that. You should be bringing these guys together and their families together. And this is not how you do it. 
Yeah, it's already hard enough to get a roster to play together well of, of guys that don't that know is each true. other, let alone adding in you know the religious and sexual orientation. Aspect. That is true, Robbie, and I'm glad you brought up hockey because we saw several players earlier this season refuse to participate in these Pride Nights, and lo and behold, many of their jerseys shot up in sales to number one, which shows you that ownership and marketing is not aligned with their demographic. Well, there's a couple other companies, Bud Light and Target, who weren't aligned with their demographics, and some of those companies are really hurting, particularly Bud Light, when it comes to professional sports, how affected does the bottom line need to be before we actually start to see change? I think they need to see a prolonged effect. And it's not necessarily going to be the Dodgers that are affected. I mean, I think the Dodgers would maybe have some effect from the Latino fan base locally, but I would really say you'd see it more in national sales. You know, if you start to see every team's, you know, ticket sales go down by 10, 15%, that's a sizable problem for Major League Baseball. You know, I mean, you've already got a number of uh, teams that have difficulty fielding enough people coming to every game. So I think that that's something where you'd start to see serious concern. The NBA Finals are here, which means it's your last chance to get in on all the action this season with our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook and new customers. Make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Wondering what you can use $200 on in bonus bets? Try DraftKings Same Game Parlays, where you can combine multiple bets from the same game into one big bet for a shot at an even bigger payout. That's the most fun thing for me when you're down to a single series like this or just a series in general. So open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, place the Same Game Parlay bet. All right, download the app now and sign up with code BOOSTER. All right, it helps out everybody, including yourself. That's B-O-O-S-T-E-R. Because like I said, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Booster. And guys, that's not it. You got college baseball. We got the NHL. We got Stanley Cup Finals that's going on right now. Heck, you can bet on college softball. All right, a little bit of everything. Take Oklahoma. Okay, there, there's, <laughs> there's, a great, there's a great hint for you. Uh, but if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In UMass, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplineMA.org. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions may apply. I want to read that really fast. <laughs> Battery sold separately. Yeah, well, that's interesting because the majority of these teams don't make their money from ticket sales as much, right? It's these TV deals that are signed long-term. So how will this affect? It could be like a delayed effect, basically, with some of these TV deals. TV deals and sports, that brings me to some some news here today with with the PGA Tour and Live Golf agreeing to merger. Now, for the last three years here with all of this division and litigation, I've been reliably informed by the PGA Tour that, you know, taking Saudi Arabian money was was morally corrupt, and now they're going to sign a deal with them. And I've been told by Live Golf, we have a superior product and we're going to change golf, but yet they've agreed to a merger. To me, it seems like this was just a long way around for Saudi Arabia to gain an equity stake in American golf. Am I misreading this? I mean, what's going on here? You're not misreading it at all. And I would have to say, you know, you got to give credit to the Live CEO. Uh, it's Greg Norman, right? I think is his yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he um, wasn't mentioned I, I, in this. <laughs> <laughs> He's not mentioned in this. In this, the, the commissioner Jay Monahan. It's uh, what I heard is that uh, is that Greg Norman has been informed but not involved. 
Well, I would say just give him credit how he played this leading up to this yeah. whole thing because, you know, he was calm as a cucumber throughout the whole thing while the PGA is coming up. With, oh, if you know, you're a, you're basically a sympathizer with the terrorists who committed 9-11. Mm. If you have anything to do with live golf. <laughs> no. And so, you know, at the moment that it's, it's you know, profitable and, and wise for them in a business capacity mm. to go and make a, a deal with them, they go and do it. I mean, it just shows you how corrupt a lot of these people are. They don't actually have value sets. It's all about money, but they will use your morality against you and weaponize it. And I think that's what we saw here. However, you know, I think you're absolutely right. This was just a long way around getting the Saudis into an equity stake in the PGA. And um, I will say, you know who was right about this whole thing is Trump made a statement a while back where he essentially said, like, hey, all you players out there who are not signing live deals that are getting these big offers, you're going to regret this because they're just going to go and merge in a little while. And you're going to be mm-hmm. sitting back getting just a thank you and a pat on the back from the PGA while these other players get hundreds of millions of dollars. So you've got to be wondering, you know, what's Tiger Woods thinking right now? Because mm-hmm. he was offered some ludicrous amount of money yeah. to go over there. And a year later, you know, they merged together. If I was him, I'd be incensed because he's not getting that money back, you know, but now he is in business with the Saudis, which was the whole premise of why he didn't do it. We're going to find out really soon how some of these players feel. I think Tiger Woods' offer was $700 million plus, And I oh. thought Trump was crazy oh. when Trump came out and said there was a pending merger, which shows you, I think he understands just how deep some of this swamp behavior goes. Because the PGA Tour is a 501c6, so a nonprofit yeah. organization. It sounds like the PGA Tour and the Saudis, neither one wanted their books being opened in litigation. Yeah, yeah well, this is something I knew it was going to break at some point. But what I was hoping was we would still see the division they wouldn't merge long enough where we could see what we saw kind of with Brooks Kepka a little bit uh, and even Phil Mickelson making a run where you have live golfers in PGA tournament events and it's coming down to the stretch, one live guy versus a PGA guy. I thought it was great for golf because, look, every sport needs villains and the live tour was the villain, but business is business. And look, it's a smart play in my on, on both sides, by both sides to merge it together. I just kind of hoped we could kind of keep that hate going a little bit longer and see it on the course because I just loved it. Well, Robert, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that big time. I think it actually brought an element to golf that golf was lacking, which was, you know, sort of uh, a little bit of controversy, a little bit of a, of a villain arc, if you will, because you rarely get those like villains or arch heroes in golf. It's, it's kind of, you know, I would say out of all the sports, at least to me personally, it's the most boring. I mean, the players like it's, it's very slow moving and the players personalities don't get to shine as much as they do in other sports. And it's a sport, my own son, it's his favorite sport, but if, to me, it's just, it's not the same, you know, um, but I thought that that introduction of live really livened things up. As long as I don't see golfers in their shorts, I'm, uh, I, I can be okay. I just don't know why that's where you draw the line. <laughs> you want, like you want, I don't want to see Dustin Johnson's knees. You want to be able to fight in every sport. But yeah, I think they should the fight in golf. At wearing pants or, or, or shorts. Or at least let the caddies fight. Let's yeah, play. I just, I don't get that. Fight on the course like a gentleman. Don't wear shorts. Yeah, don't exactly. wear shorts. Well, Robbie, I know we're talking about a bunch of people. I would uh, watch if they introduced golf fights. Yeah, like, come on, Robbie, I'm telling you. Do not inflate Robbie's ego, Robbie. Blaine wants not only that, he wants baseball players to be able to take steroids. He was talking about the other day. Imagine if Ben Joyce took steroids, he'd be throwing 130 miles an hour. Okay, so the Angels are actually my team. Uh, Braves would be number two because I live in Tennessee. So 
Okay. But the Angels are my team. So Ben Joyce, I mean, that dude throws absolute gas. For sure. Ridiculous. If he was on steroids, I think you'd have to kick him out of the league, probably. Yeah, <laughs> not if everybody else was. Imagine how much faster he would throw. <laughs> dude, imagine. Yeah. This, um, Robbie, imagine. Okay. Especially with Major League <laughs> Baseball go. to right now. All right. With the pride stuff. No, one, no one's watching the game, really. Imagine. Okay. Ben Joyce on roids. Throwing 108 miles per hour. All right. Then Mike Trout on steroids. Gets up there and hits at 600 feet. Like, <laughs> Uh, uh, the the home run record gone. Aaron forever. Judge, can you imagine? Aaron Judge, he might turn into Aaron a, Judge a monster. Nuts. I don't even know. He might not even use a bat can anymore. He just go through what his Aaron hand. Judge would look like. Oh what God, he could look he... like on every steroid? Oh, I mean, the dude. dude would be like a monster. Well, we just send his ass to Ukraine to take about thirty minutes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, right, one thing over, I definitely they want... would surrender. That's exactly. I right. definitely one thing I wanted to get to as a, we've had Riley Gaines on the show multiple times. Um, I just kind of want to get your thoughts. And your position on men and women's sports, well, speaking of steroids, at least hormones, where do you stand? And I can't believe this is an argument. It's a common sense argument to me. But what's your thoughts on it? It's one of the most ludicrous things on the planet. In fact, it's one of those things I said to a friend recently. I was like, I question, you know, the whole concept of um, there being multiple universes. I question on a regular basis on this issue alone, if I woke up in a different universe one day, yeah. because I remember a time 10 years ago where if you even mentioned this as a possibility to somebody, everyone universally would have laughed at you and said, yeah. you're insane. Nobody would ever be okay with little girls getting beat up by boys in sports. Okay. Now this is a normal thing amongst one of our major political parties is them not just saying this is normal, but them saying you're a bigot and that you're committing some sort of hate crime if you're not okay with it. Now, let me tell you something. I actually have a little bit of experience with this. One of my kids is older. I know I look very young, but one of my kids is 14. And um, when she was younger, she actually had this happen when she was, uh, I guess we lived in California five years ago and it was in that last year she was playing sports at her school and they played against a team that had a biological boy in soccer. Okay. And we noticed at the very beginning and, you know, I told all the parents, Hey, does anybody else have a problem with this? Cause I have a problem with it. I don't think it's good. I think that, you know, there's a lot of issues. There's biological differences between boys and girls. And lo and behold, that kid started the first soccer fight I had ever seen in girls soccer. Cause they were upset that my daughter's team was winning and I don't know if it was a testosterone surge or what it was. Because, see, I had seen that in baseball. We, My teams yeah. had gotten in fights before. I had never seen that in girls' soccer before. That's the first fight I ever witnessed was that biological boy starting stuff with a team of girls because he was upset that they were winning the game. And so I, I would just say – it's not even always going to be, hey, they're going to beat them by so much. I think eventually that is the case when you get into high school and adult territory. Mm -hmm. But it's also just that, hey, boys have different hormones than girls, yeah. and they react differently to different things and different stimuli than girls do. Where t fights might be typical among middle school boys, they're not typical among middle school girls. And so you start all these other problems. And then that's not even to get into the biggest issue, which is just the safety of the female in their spaces, being able to change and have yeah. team camaraderie and not feel like there's a male presence constantly overlooking their shoulders. So it's insane. You know, I wonder, I seriously do. Did we wake up in a parallel universe? Because none of this makes any sense. It's absolute clown show stuff. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it's, it's a real Dr. Strange situation. No, no, it is. I mean, I, I just, the, the thing I always say is that, you know, if you, if you really want to see trans violence, Start letting 
pre, you know, pubescent and teen boys go into teen girls' locker rooms and watch what those fathers do when they find out. I'm trying to stop that before it gets there because who knows what's going to happen after that. We've already seen some cases of it. But there is one last thing I want to bring up, Robbie. We're here at the Robbie Starbuck. Uh, Barstool Sports. Look, I've got buddies that work over there. Um, you know, we have, we have friend, you know, Ben Mintz doesn't work there anymore, but uh, they have tons of different shows. Uh, and I was very alarmed to see, and, and I saw you posted about this on social media, that they were raising money uh, for a center in New York that perform, performs child sex, gender-affirming care surgeries or whatever. Do you, can, can you comment on that? I, I couldn't believe that after what I've heard. All I've heard Dave Portnoy say is go woke, go broke, all this other stuff, but he doesn't really practice what he preaches. Yeah, you know, I, I called him out and I asked him what's going on here because they're advertising Pride merch. Now, let, let's start from the very beginning. They're advertising Pride merch. And people who are Barstool Sports readers responded to their tweet saying that they're selling this merch by saying, hey, we're not cool with this. We don't like this. They all start responding that they, they don't want it. What do they do? They don't turn around and apologize. They don't turn around and pull it down. They don't turn around and say, hey, we're totally out of alignment here. We, we missed the, the mark. No. They have one of their writers write a story up where they put up individual photos of non-public people who are just individual barstool readers with their comments and then roast them, including one where they accused one essentially of being a pedophile, saying that he would be like Santa and he would get reported within a certain amount of time by kids saying that his hard candy poked him in the lap. Okay, so that was their response to it was making fun of any barstool reader who had an issue with them selling pride gear. Okay. Now they, they weren't just selling pride gear. It said that all of the proceeds were going to, it's the LGBTQ center, New, New York, York city. Center, okay. Yeah. Something like, I don't have the name exactly, but that's, that's essentially it. I think is LGBT center, New York city. And that center has actually had a drag 101 class where they have drag queens come in and teach children how to do drag. Okay. And then they also have uh, a whole section of their site and, and what they do that are resources for children who say that they're trans and they are fully supportive as a center of transitioning children. Okay. So they give resources and all types of different things. That's the group that they're giving money to. So I asked Dave Portnoy, you know, and the tweet got millions and millions and millions of responses or, or views. So I can't imagine Dave didn't see it. I asked him, Dave, is this something you support? He will not answer. And, you know, Dave used to also uh, rail against the idea of selling out to the suits. And I think that's exactly what's happening here is, you know, the Penn came in. They have mm -hmm. control of Barstool. Penn's a big company. They want to be woke. They're selling the Pride merch. And Dave probably is handcuffed by this and doesn't want to step out and say something because Penn may punish him for that. I don't know what they'll do, but there's got to be a reason why he's so afraid to come out and say, hey, you know what? This is out of alignment with my views. At the very least, he could say that, but he's not even doing that. So I just consider it cowardly because, you know, I'm one of those people. I had a career where if I wanted to, I could have never talked about politics, continued making millions of dollars directing the biggest stars in the world and have them adore you. And I get awards at award shows and stuff. But I never cared about any of that stuff. So it was easy for me to say I'm burning it down. I want to be who I am. My family already lost everything once to communism. So to people like me, at least, I look at Dave and I just see total cowardice. That's that's all it is to me. It's total cowardice. It's the weakest thing you could possibly be as a man is be successful and still be afraid 
to step out yeah. and be who you truly are. So well, uh, people yeah. like Dave, I challenge them, step up and say something, do something, stand for something in your life. Yeah, well, if you don't stand for anything, then you'll fall for everything. And Robbie, you know, kind of just put a button on it. Look, I, I don't care if you're gay. You know, the, the Pride merch thing, is it dumb with their demographic to to sell it? Yeah, probably in in my opinion, just like it is for NASCAR and some of these other other places. But but it's the funding of the child centers and and pushing this narrative against the children. That's where I have that's where I have my biggest problem. Adults are gonna do what adults are gonna do, but what's going on with the children right now? is scary as hell to me. And to see them supporting that just absolutely blows my mind when I see what Barstool was built on and, and what they used to stand for. The proceeds here go to LGBT Center NYC. Yep, that's the name. Yep. That's, the name. But, that's uh, it. And I'm with you. I mean, you know, adults are going to do what they do. And that's an adult's choice. You know, I've never wanted to get in somebody's bedroom and tell them yep. how to live their life. That's on you. What I will say is, you know, you see these videos. There's a video went viral yesterday when they take their bedroom to the back of a pickup truck at a pride parade yeah. and simulate sex acts, then I do care. Then I think you brought your bedroom to us and I'm going to say, hey, that's not cool. We don't want that on our public streets and that needs to be illegal. You shouldn't be doing sex out, acts out in public, whether you're straight, you're gay or whatever you are. You could be a walrus for all I care, <laughs> but keep it away from public view. Don't show kids. Keep your sex life to yourself. I think that should go for everybody. I mean, I think that's kind of just a, a very standard, not too much to ask request is let's all just keep our sex lives to ourselves. Very true. I could not agree more. Y'all good? Ro Robbie, man, this has been fantastic. Uh, again, you know, congrats on all the success. I know you guys are working on a big project right now. We really appreciate you fitting some time in for us because, again, it's something we've got to speak out against. You know, regardless of success level, you have to stand for something. And obviously you do. And, and congrats on all the success. Absolutely. We'll see you guys soon.